One of the most fundamental aspects of walking with God is being able to hear his voice and his direction for your life. But unfortunately, the majority of Christian believers can't say that they confidently know how to hear God's voice for a specific circumstance in their life. So in today's episode, I'm going to walk you through some of the simple ways to begin to develop your sensitivity to hearing God's voice on purpose. This is how we develop our spiritual sense of sight and our spiritual sense of hearing. So we're going to dive right into this. And since we're on the topic of eyes, for your life hack, I share a little tip that's super easy and super effective at getting you stronger and longer eyelashes. All right, let's jump in. Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. So I decided to do this experiment where for like a whole month, I didn't talk to my children at all, at all. Didn't look at them, didn't talk to them, didn't answer their questions, didn't help them with stuff, nothing, no feedback whatsoever for a month. So what do you guys think was the result of this month long experiment? Did you last that long? I know, right? Not good, I'm kidding. I did not do that experiment because that would be child abuse. <laughs> That would be parental neglect, which is the point I'm making. I know, right? Everyone's kind of like, wow, she's really sold out to this. <laughs> Poor children get caught in the middle. No, I know, right? No. So I did not do that. But we all kind of like had a little bit of a shock thinking what mother would do that and not talk to her children for even a day or two days, you know? Well, ironically, a lot of the church doesn't believe that God actually speaks to us. They think. God spoke when he wrote the Bible, but if God is still alive, as long as I'm alive, I'm talking to my children. You know what I'm saying? God is not a negligent parent. He speaks to us. If my kids need direction, if they need comfort, if they need encouragement, that's what my communication and my role in their life is for, support. Well, that's the role of the Holy Spirit in our life too. And so God speaks to us. And uh, I remember a number of years back, I had had probably three different people within a 24-hour period ask me specifically, and it's the only time it's ever happened, they asked specifically, how do I hear God's voice? And so by the time it was like the third person in such a short period asking me that, I was like, Lord, are you trying to get my attention here? And so I remember I was changing one of the boys' diapers and just asking the Lord. I stepped out of the room to go deal with that, and so I just decided to figure out the answer. And I was like, Lord... What should I be saying to these guys? People keep asking me this. What what point are you wanting me to make? And I heard the Lord say, first, they need to believe that I'm going to speak to them. And I didn't realize as a child, I just always had this expectation that God would speak to me. I don't know if that's because of my prophetic nature. I don't know why. But I, I mean, I didn't realize that not everybody thinks like that. But over the years, I've come to learn not everybody expects that God is going to speak to them. And so the Lord told me, this is the foundation. They won't hear me if they don't even expect to hear me. Kind of like last week when we said, you're, you will see what you're prepared to see, right? If we expect God to speak to us, we will learn to hear his voice. And so that is one of the first foundation points important. I think it comes later on in our notes, but that's one of the most important um, 
things that we're going to build upon. You need to decide for yourself, God is going to speak to me because he's not a negligent parent, right? As parents, there's lots of ways that we speak to our kids. I think we talked a little bit about this the first week, but we'll hit on it again. But you can talk face to face to your kids. Mm -hmm. You can talk in a whisper. You can talk in a shout. Good job, Johnny. You can talk in a written note in their lunch kit. You can send a text message. I send now that my boys have phones. I'll send like memes and gifts and stuff just to make them laugh. Um, singing a song before bed. My youngest always asked me to do this. Uh, maybe your facial expressions across the room. They know if I go, don't mess with mom. A hand gesture if they're too far to hear. My mom growing up, which she rides motorcycles. I need to give you guys an update actually. Um, when she would get away, like down the driveway, she'd always stick her hand out the window and go a uh, one finger and then we would do two which means I love you I love you too so it's another way to communicate right so God isn't different than that he has lots of different ways that he communicates to us and the and the more that we train ourselves to pay attention we call it kind of the language of the spirit when there's like cool weird strange things that happen or whatever that make you feel like I think God's talking to me um side note my mom <laughs> to catch you all up. She made it to Virginia. Thank you, Jesus. She had lost her cell phone. She lost her wallet. Turns out her wallet was in a hidden pocket in her jacket. So we got her all new cards, but at least they weren't in some stranger's hand. She still had her ID. Well, she left Virginia, headed to Kentucky, and she started her trek home, and she's caught in the middle of the snowstorm Billy. And so she called me this afternoon. I called her. Thankfully, she just stopped and um, got to a hotel. She said she only made it about 250 miles today. And she said, you know, you don't have windshield wipers on a motorcycle. So she has rain solid on her windshield. Well, then it drips down the backside too. So she's got two layers of rain. And then she's got her visor that's covered in rain. And, and then the rain, you know, so she's like, I couldn't see. It was so scary. <laughs> and so she pulled over and we're just praying that, that the weather, at least if it's not raining, she can drive, even if it's cold. But then we're just praying that she won't get caught with ice on the road. So this woman has aged me on this trip. Just saying. She has aged me. She has about 1,100 more miles to go. I know. She's in Missouri somewhere. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for angels. Okay. Anyways, back to our notes. Okay. So uh, there was back in, in high school when I decided I needed to learn to hear God's voice, or rather I didn't know that you could confidently note that you could hear God's voice. Um, and I shared this the first week, but there was a girl on a missions trip. She was a leader of mine, but she was only like 18 or 19, maybe 20, but she was at the, the Honor Academy uh, ministry school I ended up going to. And just in her conversations, she would talk about her quiet time and she'd talk about that the Lord would speak to her or what the Lord would say to her. And she just spoke so confidently. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to that school. I'm going to that school and I'm learning to hear God's voice. And I didn't even pray about it. I just decided to go to school. I did. And it was wonderful. And that's how I met my husband. Um, okay. So as we're learning to hear the Lord's voice, let me do this. How many of you guys would say scale of one to 10? Would you say you're on the low end of feeling like you confidently hear God's voice? And it's okay. There's no judgment anywhere. But low end, you say you're still learning, figuring out how to hear God's voice. Okay, that's good. We're all we've all been there or are there. I mean, and then how many of you guys would say, yeah, I'm pretty familiar. I've been doing this for quite a while now. I think I know how to hear God's voice when I need to. Okay, cool. So we're a good mixed group. Okay. 
So for those of you who this is new-ish, um, and sometimes just hearing it taught makes it a little more easy to navigate, but there is a learning curve. And don't be discouraged as you're learning, as you're growing and intentionally hearing his voice. Um, don't feel discouraged. Just like anything, there's a learning curve. But I love in, um, and really the reason why is because you're learning to hear in the spirit. We're so used to functioning in our physical realm and our physical senses. It's, it's not normal in our world for people to be like, yes, I know how to operate in the spirit realm. <laughs> how many times do you hear that? Maybe on a witchy show, right? You know, it's not like a normal thing. So learning how to operate in the spirit realm really is different. Um, Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. Oh, I think number two is learning curve. There's a learning curve. That's your blank. Forgive me. Sometimes I get ahead and forgot, forget to tell you all the blanks. This one is learning curve. One is we all crave to hear God's voice and have his wisdom for situations, access his heart and his mind. He actually has made us to want that. And then letter A, it's considered child abuse or parental neglect for a parent not to speak to their child. Okay, so the learning curve. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. That scripture right there tells us that even the ability to learn between right and wrong is something we grow. Do you know the Bible even says that Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered? Jesus wasn't a perfect child. He wasn't sinful. But he wasn't perfect because he had to learn obedience. He was perfect morally. He was not perfect in that everything was executed perfectly every time, right? He had to learn obedience through through suffering. Um, even prophets, that's your next blank. Even prophets have to learn to recognize God's voice. First Samuel 3, 1 through 10 talks about how Samuel, when he was young, didn't recognize God's voice until Eli pointed it out. Remember the story? He's sleeping in the in the temple, and he hears Samuel. Samuel. He runs up, jumps up, runs to Eli, wakes Eli up. I'm here, sir. What do you need? Or whatever he says. And then Eli's confused. Go back to bed. Happens two or three times, and by the third time, he's like, Okay, that God must be calling your name. So next time, tell the Lord, I'm list. Yes, Lord, this, your servant listens. And so. That was how Samuel, who was a prophet born to hear God's voice, still had to learn how to recognize God's voice. And that was in the Old Testament when God spoke more loudly and apparently. <laughs> um, also, even great leaders have to learn to discern his voice. In Judges 6, Gideon had to ask not for just one, but for three different fleeces to know that this is the instruction that God has given me. I mean, he had a straight up angel come talk to him. <laughs> he still puts fleeces out, you know what I mean? So like, no matter how, I, and I, I tackle these things because I always want people to realize while some people may have a bent towards hearing God more easily, you should never, ever, ever disqualify yourself from anything that Jesus died for. All of it, we have fully inherited in Christ and that there is neither male nor female nor Greek nor Jew nor slave nor free in Christ Jesus. And so anything that you see Pastor Stephen or Pastor Lloyd or myself or the greatest minister you can think of, anything you see them operate in is available 
to you, but it does take learning. It takes that we exercise, that we learn and grow in these things. Now, when I'm learning, I do as a safety check, I do run what I hear, especially if it's kind of a weighty decision. I'll run it by my leaders just as a safety check, especially if it's a, a situation I'm unsure or if I feel like I'm discerning something in an atmosphere or about somebody, I'll, I'll run it by my husband be like, hey, this is what I picked up on. I don't know what to do with it, you know, and he'll he'll kind of weigh in on it. So, OK, number three, next page. Okay, where do we hear God's voice from? Where is your blank? I remember when Levi was younger and he would get so upset. I remember him crying and crying. And he'd be like, I don't hear God speak. God doesn't speak to me. And ironically, Levi actually has a prophetic anointing on his life. And so I just thought it was interesting that the enemy would try to, from a young age, convince him of the lie that God doesn't speak to him. And uh, and I had to work with him to teach him like, no, that's a lie. God will speak to you. And so I had to begin to teach him the different ways that God speaks. And then that night, the Lord gave him a dream that reiterated and unfolded. It was something about a flower and the petals kept growing. And I don't remember the whole dream, but it made the point that God speaks. And I was like crying as I'm interpreting his dream for him. I'm like, this is so beautiful. God heard you crying last night. You know, I was like, I was a hot mess, but it just, it built his faith. He was like, oh, God does speak to me. I'm not just a kid, you know? So that's the foundation of faith, which is your first um, letter A. We have to believe that he will speak. And then letter B, we also hear him. We hear his voice First and foremost, most importantly, the whole foundation of hearing his voice is built upon his word. And some people believe, like I said earlier, that after Jesus left the earth, that the only way that he speaks to us is through his word. I agree that it's the most important way that he speaks to us, but I don't agree that it's the only way he speaks to us because we see in scripture <laughs> that he speaks in lots of ways. In fact, God was speaking to people before they had a Bible, right? And those people that don't have access to Bibles, what are we supposed to tell them? Sorry, God's not going to talk to you today. You don't have a Bible because you're in a hard nation. You know what I mean? God speaks to us. Um, but his word is the most important place that we build our foundation of learning to hear his voice. As we're learning a sensitivity of how to hear God's voice, we are going to use scripture to train our ear, train our spirit to recognize that's the kind of thing that he would say. If you were long distance from your child and you could only communicate through letters, you would want them to read your letters because they'd become familiar with you and your nature. That way, if they heard something from someone else that just seemed really out of character with you, they'd have something to weigh it against, right? It gives them a context for, your, for who you are, even if there's distance. So God will not counsel you personally in a way that is contrary to his word, but he did not speaking, stop speaking to his children. Um, when he speaks something new to me that I haven't seen or heard personally, this is just a, I heard this from like, I don't know, Hagee or I don't know, some big minister. And I just thought there was so much wisdom in it. When God speaks to me, something that's a new concept, let's say I'm studying in the word and I feel like I'm getting a revelation. That's maybe like really new thinking, or maybe even challenges some of the doctrinal thinking I've carried for years. I will ask the Lord to show it to me in multiple places in scripture. I will say, Lord, I need to see this in at least three different places 
Old and New Testament, please, <laughs> because I need to know that there is some soundness to this. And then once I've seen it in multiple places, then I'll take it to my theologian in my back pocket called my husband, and I will ask him to weigh in on the matter. <laughs> and he almost always has an answer for me. It's very disorienting when he doesn't, though. I'm like, I don't know what to do. You don't know the answer. You're supposed to know everything. What is, what is wrong now? Where do I go? Google. Okay, Hebrews 13, 8. It says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we're hearing God speak to us, you have to understand his nature is the same. And so, of course, it won't be contrary to his word. It won't be contrary to his nature. And this is how we can how we can point to the word as being a, a sound foundation is because the same God that wrote that Bible is the same God who's talking to us now. And he's not going to speak contradictory um, to his word. Second point is uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. If anything, it also says that scriptures are God-breathed, useful for teaching, correcting, and training in righteousness. So hearing God's voice is part of us learning to walk in righteousness because there will be situations that you come across that maybe you're not, you don't have a scripture popping up in your head for, but you need to, you need the Lord's to start. Many of you have been so sweetly asking how you can help promote and support the podcast. And so I've thought about it and there are a couple ways that are super easy and super efficient. Firstly, sharing any posts that I make about an episode, rating and reviewing on social media and iTunes is huge. This is so simple and yet it really helps get the word out to more people and it actually helps me come up higher in iTunes search results so then people are able to find the podcast more easily. Secondly, you can financially support monthly through the Anchor app, which is where I'm hosted, or on Patreon. Just go to the Anchor app and hit support, or you can give through Patreon as a monthly member. Just visit patreon.com slash javawithjen. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash javawithjen, and sign up to be a monthly member at whichever amount that you prefer. Your donations help me to invest into new equipment, helps me send thank you gifts to interviewees, because I love to do that, and affords me the ability to continue to put my time back into my podcast so I can keep giving back to you. Now, some of you have already been doing this, and I am so grateful. Thank you so much, because when y'all do this, it encourages me so very much. So that, again, was share, rate, review on social media and iTunes, or give financially through Anchor, or Patreon. Okay, with all that said, thanks for listening, and let's get back to the show. Right, you need his guidance. So the word creates that culture, that environment inside of you of being able to discern his voice. Jesus is the word. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And 2 Peter 1.19 talks about how scripture is the more sure word of prophecy. So there's just some examples of things that point us to his word is where we're going to hear his voice primarily. Okay, but what we've been kind of exploring through this series of classes is that the third way that you hear God speak to us is in your inner man, in your heart, eyes, and imagination or thoughts. The eyes of your imagination, I'm sorry. I don't know how much of that I left blank. Your inner man is what your blank is. In your heart in the eyes of your imagination, and in your thoughts.
one exercise that I like to do. What were you looking for? Was oh, there another one? Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you missed one. Um, one thing I like to have my kids do to help them learn how they can exercise using their imagination on purpose is I'll have them close their eyes and picture an apple. We did this in the first class. Picture my van, picture your brother, you know, whatever. And then that begins them kind of recognizing, oh, that's where I'm focusing right now. Okay. And then as we engage that, then I'll say, okay, now I want you to think about this year and ask God to show you something for this upcoming year. And so we all did that this New Year's. I had them all pray for a word. And I was like, it might be one word. It might be a scripture. It might just be a picture. And so we did that. They wrote it down. And then we were able to kind of take that and kind of kind of see if we could unfold it. And they all ended up with a prophetic word for the year. And we typed it all up, put it up next to their beds or whatever. So I was like, this is the work that God wants to do in you this year. So we're going to believe for that and pray for that and whatever. So, but it just started with real simple. And so um, that's one way that you can recognize that your imagination, where you see those pictures, see an apple, whatever, that's where God will show you visions and show you his pictures. So you can then you can go, okay, Lord, show me a picture. Show me something that's on your heart. Show me something. And sometimes it'll literally just be a picture and you may not understand what it means, right? Now here's in scripture, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter one, God is speaking to him and saying, Jeremiah, I've called you to be a nation, a prophet to the nations. And then he says, look, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah's talking to God, you know, so he's going to see it prophetically. He's going to see it. And he says, I see the budding branch of an almond tree. And God says, yes, you've seen correctly. And now I am going to hasten my word to perform that which you have seen. Oh, good. I'm not too far ahead in my notes. And so, but what I love is that even in that dialogue, Jeremiah said what he saw, but think about it. If, if you're, if someone's standing in front of you in line at church and you're praying for them and all you see is a stick of an almond tree with a leaf on it, that's all you see. What are you going to do with that? Right? Like, that's all Jeremiah saw. And he was a prophet. And that's all he saw. Right. He had to ask the father, what is this? And then, so then the father began to explain it later in the passage. He begins to explain it. And so when God shows you stuff. It's a word because it's literally a word or a picture. It's usually not big and long and dramatic. And so the Lord only shows us a portion. He wants us to lean into him. He wants us to say, what does that mean, Father? Show What is your heart behind that? Can you explain that? And so when you do exercise this, don't dismiss the little tiny imaginations. So I'll give you an example. Well, we gave you an example of when I prophesied over Donna's son a number of years ago. I walked up, saw one little, it was like maybe a three word phrase I heard or saw or whatever. And when I got up and started prophesying over her son, this whole huge word comes out and it changed the direction of his life. It was awesome. It was a powerful moment. Oh, really? It was about him going into business. And so he just finished. That's so cool. I love it. So another time when I was at home, I was doing laundry or something. And I just felt this really subtle kind of like pull from the Lord to just go out on the back porch. That's all. Go out on the back porch. Like, I'm waiting for you out here. And so I was like, okay, anything to stop doing laundry. <laughs> so I get up, you know, and I go out to the back porch and I was like, Okay, Lord, what do you need me for? And uh, and I felt like he wanted me to like start shouting like worship and praise, which I really wrestled with because I was like, oh, I've got to 
neighbor over there. I've got a neighbor over there. It's dark out. They're probably sleeping. That's so awkward. You know, and I'm like arguing with the Lord. And I just kept feeling that just, it's just a, it was just a subtle impression. And so I finally was like, okay, I was like, Father, I worship you. You know, I just started, it was really awkward at first. But then as soon as, as soon as I started worshiping, like just declaring his praises, suddenly I have this huge open heaven vision. And it was like the curtains of heaven got pulled back and I could see the throne and I could see the father and the son. And it was like, it was like, you know, those old school curtains on theaters that have the big heavy drapes, you know, it was like that. So it was like, I saw these heavy drapes and around the edges of all the drapes was like angels. And they were like peeking out like this. And, uh, and suddenly it was like, I I'm taking in this whole scene. And then, and then it dawns on me, like, they're all staring at me. And I was like, Oh crap, what do I do? Like I didn't know what to do with this moment. It felt very intense all of a sudden. And so I was like, okay, Lord, what do I do? And so I heard, and it was like there was a sense of a weight on my words. I knew that I needed to be careful what I said, but I needed to say something. And so I said, Lord, what what do I say? And he said, Ask that I would release harvesting angels. And so I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. And so I was just like, Lord, I ask you to release harvesting angels. And the moment, the moment, even I didn't even finish the phrase. Um, I saw, it was like the sky lit up and I saw like all these angels just fly to saturate the whole area in mid County. And, and I saw they were going into homes and then it was like, I could see where they were going. They were, they were going to families over here. They're going into workplaces. They were going into people's cars. They were just going everywhere. And they were going to people who were ready to receive the Lord. They were going to help do the work in their heart. And so I was like, it just took my breath away. And so then that pulled me back into worship. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, you're amazing. That's awesome. You know, I was just like praising the Lord. And then as I'm praising the Lord, then suddenly heaven pays attention to me again. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. What, what, what do I say now? You know? And so it kind of went a couple of times and then the vision ended. And I just was kind of like, Go back to my laundry, you know, like, well, what do you do with that? But the thing was, at first, it just, it, it, the spirit is so weird because it's like you could just as easily miss it or ignore it as you could see it. As I describe it, it probably sounds like this big, like, how could you miss it kind of thing. But in the moment, I could have missed it. I really could have missed it. It wasn't until I took the time to reflect on it and write about it and write it down that. I started to realize the weight of what I had just encountered. My worship gets heaven's attention. My words carry weight in heaven. Angels are waiting to hear the voice of God come out of my mouth and they don't mess around. They get the job done, you know? And I was like, there was so much revelation I got out of that moment. It was kind of funny because I wrote it all up and I didn't put my name on it. And I think I gave it to maybe David Henson or gave it to a couple of people like, hey, I had this encounter. You should read about it. Next thing I know, it's gone around Southeast Texas and then there's someone painting in my house and he was from our church or connected. And he goes, dude, I read this encounter some guy had last week about these angels and an open heaven thing and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. it wasn't a guy. Anyways. So anyways, it's pretty interesting, but it just got my attention like that kind of stuff. When you're seeing in the spirit, the point I'm making is. You can miss it as easily as you can see it. So just don't dismiss those subtle things because God is in the whisper, right? John 8, 47, whoever is of God hears, and that word hears is a cow. I don't know how to say Greek, uh, which means to hear, be attentive, or to listen to. 
Whoever's of God hears the words, which is the word rhema or the spoken word of God. So whoever is of God hears or is attentive to the spoken words of God. And the reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. In other words, is if you are of God, you can expect that you're going to hear his spoken word to your heart. Romans 8, 14 says those who are sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Hebrews 8, 10 through 11. I love this one. It's so cool. For this is the covenant that I make with the house of Israel. We're engrafted in, right? We're the adopted ones. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law into their minds, which is your imagination. And I will write them on the tablet of their heart, which is your conscience. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they shall not teach um, everyone his fellow citizen or everyone his brother saying, you must know the Lord for all will know me from the latest, the least to the greatest of them, meaning no one is spiritually immature enough to be disqualified from hearing God's voice. Even children will hear God's voice right there. I just love it says they shall not teach people. You must know the Lord because they will know me from the least to the greatest because I put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. There is a natural instinct inside of us to know God. And then in Jeremiah, what I loved about that is that when Jeremiah spoke, let me rephrase this. When Jeremiah saw what God was showing him and then he said what he saw, then God said, now I will hasten my word to perform what you've just said. When you're praying, <clears throat> I have learned, I don't like to waste my breath praying. I don't like to waste my time praying. I want to pray effective prayers as quickly and efficiently as possible because ain't nobody got time to waste time, right? And so I always have felt like, Lord, you know what's going to happen. Just tell me what to pray and I'll pray it, right? And so that's what he did with Jeremiah. He said, what do you see? And Jeremiah said this, and God said, this is what it means. And now because you've said what you have seen, it's in, it's in alignment with what is my heart. I'm going to hasten my word to perform it. So just like I did with the angels, God released harvesting angels. He hastened his word to perform what I said. He's not obligated to hasten his word to perform what we say that's of our own desires. He will hasten his word to perform his word. And so learning to hear God's voice is essential because it'll also make your prayer life so much more powerful and impactful. There was, I need to keep an eye on the time because I have, as I talk, I get examples of things and I don't want to talk too long. Um, there is at one point in our marriage where I was praying for breakthrough in a certain area. And it was like years and years and years. I was praying and praying and praying. And just, there wasn't a lot of change happening in this area. So finally I was like, uh, whatever. And so there was one night, my husband and me and our brother-in-law or somebody was sitting down to watch a movie. And I felt the Lord kind of pull me to the other room. And I was like, about to watch a movie, Lord, kind of inconvenient. Can you wait? And, uh, and he was like, no, I'll just come. And so I get up and I go in the other room and I sit and I was like, okay, Lord, what would you like to tell me? And he said, this is how you need to pray for your husband. And he just gave me this vision and showed me this is how you've been praying, but this is how you need to pray. And so I was like, hmm, okay. And so I just prayed, Lord, may he be one with you as the son is one with you. That's all 
that's all that he told me to pray. May he be one with the Father as the Son is one with the Father. I'm telling you, from that moment forward, there was all kinds of breakthrough in his life. And the Lord started putting people in his life to grow those specific areas that we needed some breakthrough in. It's like it changed things. And the difference was God told me how to pray. He told me this is how. You, and it wasn't even like the Lord wasn't like pray about this issue and that issue and this issue and all the things like which is how I had been praying. Right. And I was part of the vision. He was showing me that me and my husband were getting all distracted with all these things. And the Lord said, just pray that he'll be one with the father as I am one with the father. And I was like. And that brought the breakthrough we needed. So I was like, wow, thank you, Jesus. That was a lot easier and saved us a lot of time. Um, he's probably prayed some things for me I need to find out about. <laughs> okay, so D, the fourth way that we can receive the word of the Lord in our life is, this one's kind of obvious, but receiving prophetic ministry. That's one of the most apparent ways that you'll receive the word of the Lord in your life. And Prophet Phil will be here in a couple of weeks. I'm like a commercial for Prophet Phil every week. He's coming in two weeks. It's so exciting. Um, but receiving prophetic ministry, which is where a prophet or someone at the altar or your pastor or a friend or someone who calls you and says, this is the gold I see in your life, calls you and just shares what God is saying about you. That's one of the most simple ways to hear God's voice in your life. And thankfully, it doesn't really take any work on our part. Um, but I will say when this happens... Just like learning to hear God's voice inwardly, you also need to learn to discern, even when you have outward words, <laughs> you're nodding, you understand, right? You got to learn to discern when it's actually the Lord and when it's not actually the Lord. And sometimes you can get a mixture. And then, and, and let me say, when you get someone who's, who's trying, just give them grace. Just give them grace. I had, <laughs> I remember one time, Cathedral, that was the Bay Revival. It was uh, John Kilpatrick and whoever the other guy was that was with him. And it was like this big old thing. And, and they called up an altar call. So I go up there and I'm on the stage, you know, and I'm laid out on the floor. And I'm like, as I'm waking up, not waking up, but coming out of my encounter with the Lord, there's this woman sitting there. I had no idea who the heck she was. And she's praying over me. And she was like, and God, and I know what it's like to get free from a life of addictions. And I was just like. <laughs> Uh, what is she talking about? Like she's praying all this nonsense, and I was like, "Oh, bless her heart for trying." So I just get up and I was, and then at staff meeting, I was like, "Who just let random people get up there and pray for people?" This woman was praying, who knows what, over me. Anyways, so yeah, so I had to recognize that wasn't the Lord. I was not dealing with any addictions, thank you, Jesus. Um, but I had another person who gave me a word, and this can cause confusion. And honestly, it caused a little confusion for me for a little while because you don't ever want to despise. The prophetic voice. You don't want to despise the voice of God in your life. But this man, we were in a service and he called me over. And so he's prophesying over me. He's a prophet from some country that starts with an M. And uh, and he was praying all these things that lots of prophets. He was seeing all kinds of stuff that every prophet before him has seen over my life. And so I was like, okay, yeah, okay. There's some validity here, you know. So he's praying all this stuff. And I was like, okay. So I'm standing there. standing. It's in my father-in-law's church. So I felt a little more comfortable. So I'm staying there receiving this word. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then he was like, and then, and I had four kids at this point, by the way, he goes, and the Lord says he is going to give you many more children. And I was like, what? And he was like, kind of startled him, but I like dropped my hands and I was like, what? You know, cause like, we've never seen more than four. And he was like, and then he was like, you need to submit your womb. And I was like, Oh, I don't like this word anymore. Like, I was like, what's wrong with this guy? So anyways, I later, but for a while, it did cause me to wrestle. 
it caused me to have fear that like, I mean, all four of my kids, most of them were surprises. And so I already had this wrestling inside of myself of like, God's going to call me to be Mrs. Duggar. And I didn't ever plan on being 18 kids and counting, you know, like I didn't plan on that. And so I already had this kind of like feeling of like, you're, you didn't ask permission to use my life this way. You know what I mean? Like I felt kind of overwhelmed by it. So his word stirred up a lot of anxiety in me. And so it wasn't for like two or three years I wrestled because I was like, well, all the other things he said was right. But this whole thing about kids, I just don't know about more kids. You know, I just, we saw four. That's all we saw for our life. And so my pastor's wife finally, she was like, you know, Jen, you just need to decide if you're going to have more kids or not. And you just need to be at peace with your decision. And, and I realized like, God's not the author of confusion. I don't have to accept that word. And if it was just causing so much turmoil in my life, I just needed to let it go. And so that's what I did. And when I did, I had so much liberation. (laughs) I felt like I had been living under, I don't know if you'd call it a curse, but it almost felt like that. It was like, you know, because it wasn't the word of the Lord in my life, you know, and it was heavy. And so it's important. And I don't dismiss everything he said, like the majority of what he said was valid and on point. But I think maybe his his human perceptions got involved. He saw my kids running everywhere and he probably just, his brain probably just went there, you know? So I give him grace, but it did teach me a valuable lesson. You don't have to receive every word that comes your way. So it's important to to know that. Okay. Another way that we hear God's voice is through godly counsel. And what my pastor's wife told me is letter E. If you're looking, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You have blanks there. Godly counsel. I'm sorry. I'm thinking you see on your notes what I'm looking at. So godly counsel, the Lord's voice and godly counsel would be the example of how my pastor's wife responded to that situation. It was a while later, but she was like, you just need to decide. Her counsel was godly and it served as the voice of God in my life to free me from a word I didn't need to be sitting under. Right. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And might I say you want godly counselors, not just someone who's willing to hear you listen, hear you talk and give you some advice. You need people who are walking in the spirit of God, walking in wisdom. The next one is confirmation, confirmations or fleeces can be another way that you hear God's voice in your life. Confirmations like external confirming circumstances. Am I boring you guys? Okay, good. Confirmations and fleeces, like when you put out a fleece like Gideon did in the Bible. Isn't it funny how what he did now, it's become like a descriptive word for us. Like, just just do a fleece prayer. I told my sister that actually a few weeks ago. She was struggling about someone that she wasn't sure she should be in a relationship with or not. And I was like, listen, if you just don't know what to do, just do a fleece prayer. Like, just ask the Lord to make it super obvious and I don't think that's a lack. I've heard people say that's a lack of faith. And I'm like, I don't think that's a lack of faith. A, Gideon did it and God respected it. And when you just don't know and you need to know, you don't want to make a stupid choice. I don't think that's a lack of faith. It's just probably wisdom, actually. But then ask for confirmation. Yeah, and then ask for confirmation after that. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know. I know when I was in when I was in high school, I wanted to go to New Zealand on a missions trip and I was having trouble raising my funds. 
And I remember my mom was getting stressed out and she was like, listen, generally, I just don't know if you're going to be able to go. You're like $800 short. I just don't know you're going to be able to come up with it. And I looked at her and I was like, mom, if God has got me this far, why is he not going to help me raise the rest of it? And end of story was like, as I'm leaving for the airport, a sponsor comes over and just gave me whatever else I needed to pay off the trip. But my confirmation to believe for that came when I got in the car to go to work and I was kind of upset. You know, I was like, my mom doesn't believe anymore. I'm on my own. You know, I was like, oh, so I get in the car and I turn on the radio and the city I was going to be traveling to was Auckland, New Zealand, turn on the radio and they go, all right. So today's show is coming to us live from Auckland, New Zealand. And I was like, I'm in Arizona. Nobody talks about New Zealand and Arizona, you know? So it's just this unusual thing. I'd never heard Auckland, New Zealand anywhere. So it just was enough to build my faith to continue to believe the Lord. And so that was a, a form of God speaking to me through external confirmations. And then a girl, Shay, did you see this? She posted on Facebook. She was praying about it. She should go back to school. And her husband was like, what about being like a kindergarten teacher? You're great with the kids. And she was like, oh, I just don't know. And so she goes to the grocery store and she's checking out. And the girl who's checking her out goes, are you like a kindergarten teacher somewhere around here? And she was like, well, I maybe will be, <laughs> you know, like, thank you for that. And so, you know, it's just an example of God speaking through things. Matthew 18, 16 says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. And so sometimes you do ask the Lord for a confirmation. And then um, the example of the fleeces would be Gideon who put out the fleeces to hear the Lord. Um, okay, so the next one, we've got two left. Letter G is the peace of God is another way that we hear God's voice. And not, a, not many people think of this as the Lord's voice, but Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Isaiah 55.12 says, You will indeed go out with joy and be led forth by peace. I always tell people when they're, especially when they're praying about switching churches because they're offended at their last church, they're troubled about something. I just don't feel like I belong and no one's being very friendly and rah, 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 and it's all kind of offense. I'll tell them, listen, the Bible says you will go out with joy. You'll be led forth by peace. If you're leaving because you're offended, you're not being led forth by peace. You need to be led by peace. And so... God never gives us the scapegoat to get off the hook from dealing with our own hearts. Um, there was an example recently in my own life where I, and it's interesting because it was almost felt like an external confirming situation. So I am a wardrobe stylist. When I go to Target, their mannequins are so boring. And so I was there with a friend and decided to dress a mannequin just for fun. And so... <laughs> I was like, let's make this, let's zhuzh her up a little bit. And so I did that. It was really fun. We just kind of giggled and ran off. Well, the next day I had finished meeting with a client run by Target to scope out what we would need maybe for our shopping time. And, uh, and while I was there, I wanted to see if they left my mannequin up. I think it'd been maybe two days later or something. So I go and I see, and they left my mannequin all dressed up. So I was like, oh, yay. And so I leaned over to the employee and I was like, they left my mannequin. She's like, you did this? And I said, yeah. And she was like, oh, we were wondering because it looks so good. I said, oh, good. And so I was like, can I style another one? I just want to do it for my Instagram styling account, you know, and I'll, I'll tag Target. And she was like, yeah, that's good for Target. Do it. And so I ended up styling like four. And so we just, just did it really fast. It was fun. So anyways, the manager comes over 
And they're like, this is amazing. This is so great. And I was like, oh, good. So if you see him styled every so often randomly, it was probably me. And he was like, do you want to like randomly style mannequins three days a week? And I was like, oh, so he ended up offering me a job. Well, I didn't need a job at that point. And I was like, that's so sweet, you know, but I was like, oh, well, the next day I lost my job. So I was like, the Lord knew what was going to happen, you know, and that paid pretty good and, you know, whatever. So I was thinking about it and praying about it, but I just kept having this inside of myself. Like when I thought about going and actually taking the job, I just had so much like apprehension and almost like dread in my heart. And I was like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, like this looked like God's provision, but then I just feel no peace about it. So they finally asked me earlier in uh, like about mid-October, they were like, hey, did you still want to come and work for us? And I was like, actually, I'm going to have to politely decline. I was like, I don't think it's going to work for this point in my life. And I really don't know why. But regardless, I didn't have peace. And I was like, you know, that looks like a confirming situation. But I take it more as the Lord just assuring me I'm going to take care of you. And so I'm going to take that. The confirmation external circumstances as I'm going to take care of things. Well, and then shortly after that, I ended up coming on staff payroll. Actually, we were on staff, but me on payroll here at the church. We're doing the social media here. So it ended up working out. But that was an example for me of where you can actually have two dynamics of where it looks like God's speaking from two directions, but maybe they don't work together. Always err on the side of peace. Go with peace. Just go with peace because peace, the peace of God is there to guide us. And so there's a lot more verses about that, but those are just only two I pulled out. Okay, so the next, the last one that I put on here, there may be more ways, but the last one I put on here is dreams. Not gonna lie, I was debating if our last week, if I should talk about dream interpretation, but it's such a big topic. It'd probably be better to do over a semester. So I think we'll, we'll hold off on dreams, but... Um, Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will see visions. Your young men will dream dreams. So it's clearly in scripture that in the last days, dreams will increase. I've experienced that. I think they come in waves. Debbie works with me in dream interpretation. Okay, so Joseph in the Bible, Pharaoh, Paul, Joseph and Mary, all these people had dreams. There's many, many more in scripture that had dreams and we see God speaking through dreams. And so dreams are definitely something though that I will say. Uh, God knows how to speak in a way that he can get through to us. But when it's veiled and it's... Dreams can be really easy to misunderstand, or if we try to take it literally and it's not a literal dream, you can really walk away with some um, falsehoods and stuff. So you got to be kind of careful with dreams. But ultimately, if I'm ever not sure, I just say, Lord, I just need another dream. Or um, can you bring some kind of confirmation? Can you help me understand? If it's veiled, you're accountable for what you know. You're not accountable for what you don't understand. And so if the dream is veiled and you just don't know what the message is, you don't have to be troubled by it because you're only accountable for what you know. But I think oftentimes if I don't understand, I'll ask the Lord, Lord, I really want to understand what you're saying. Could you help unfold this for me further? And he has before given me more dreams. I think one time it was like a series where it's one, didn't understand, prayed for another one. He gave me another, was a little more clear, still didn't understand, prayed for another, gave me a third one that was like pretty plain. I was like, 
Thank you, Lord. Clearly, I'm not on the advanced level yet. So, okay, but safeguards when we're leaning into how to hear his voice. It must always cooperate with the counsel of the word. I think we hit that pretty good. It will produce the fruits of the spirit. If you're unsure if a certain decision is from the Lord or not, think, okay, if I do this, what fruit will it produce in my life or in the lives of the people my decision impacts? What kind of fruit will this produce? If it doesn't produce the fruit of the spirit, think twice. If it will produce the fruit of the spirit, then I would say lean into the direction that you feel like the Lord's leading you. Because again, as we learned last week, a prophet is known by his fruits. Where Matthew 7, where he talks about the false prophets, you know a prophet by his fruit, and that is the fruit of the Spirit. And so that's one way that you can test, is this God's voice or not? Look at the fruit it will produce. Third, it will always point Jesus, point people to Jesus and the Father. God will never do anything that just points to us or builds up our kingdom because Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. God knows who he is and he knows who we are and he's gonna lead people in truth, which means lead them to the father. He's not gonna lead people to build our kingdom in an unhealthy way. Fourth, he will never instigate rebellion against authority unless authority is ungodly, wicked, and requiring us to do what is ungodly or wicked. Um, and the reason I pull this out is because we have had multiple times we've encountered people who it gives away their spiritual immaturity that they'll say, well, God told me to do this. And, and God told me to ask all of your leaders in your ministry to come join my ministry because your ministry isn't spirit filled enough. We're going to do something new. God's not that God's not on that because that's a rebellion. You know what I mean? That's a rebellion. It it's a dis, it dishonors the leadership he's set in place over here. It's divisive. Doesn't produce any good fruit. God will not instigate rebellion against authority. The only time that we see in scripture that he does that is when authorities are asking you to do something that is ungodly, like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. The king was asking them to bow to idols. That's against God's kingdom, and so they rebelled in a healthy rebellion, like they were, we're first Christians and then we <laughs> serve the king and God honored that and protected them. I have found, I found in, in my experience with people, there's different like prophetic personalities and like meaning some people will hear God's voice the most. Some people will see pictures the most. Some people will get impressions the most. Some people will just sense things in the environment or they'll feel like you can get near somebody and you just feel their emotional climate. You know what I mean? And so there's different, different ways that we're built to kind of, what's the word, like tap into what, what information God is releasing in a situation. And so there've been times that, that I've been encouraged by prophetic people around me. If I'm not hearing God in a specific way that maybe God is leaning you trying to sharpen another way of hearing him. And so if I'm always looking for pictures, well, maybe instead of looking, if I'm not seeing, maybe I need to sit down with my journal and listen. Maybe he wants to talk, you know, or or whatever. And so I'm sure you've done that and I'm sure you've leaned into a lot of different things. And so but I just want to encourage you in that because, yeah, yeah, because it can be frustrating. <laughs> it can be frustrating. And we have to remind ourselves that the prophetic is meant to edify and encourage and exhort. If he says 10 things, 
but you only really were built up by one, just take that one because that one is still building you up. You know what I mean? But you don't have to necessarily worry about the other stuff. Don't let stuff get on you that just doesn't bring life, you know, just because really ultimately the Holy Spirit is your teacher and the prophetic voices externally are just really meant to complement what Holy Spirit is already doing in our lives, right? Okay, so let's talk eyelashes, ladies. So I have used the Rodan and Fields Lash Boost and had incredible results, but truth be told, it's so expensive, and I just don't want to have to drop that kind of money to have long, pretty lashes. And so a friend of mine was telling me that she started using castor oil, which is not new information for many of us, but it's very thick, and so I always struggled with how to apply it. Um, and so what I started doing is I did end up putting it into an empty uh, container that had had my Lash Boost Serum in it so that I have like a little tiny paintbrush applicator. But what you can do is if you put castor oil just on your fingertip and then just rub it into your lash like the base of your lashes and just rub it in there kind of massage it in. You don't need a lot. And um, you just do that after you've taken your makeup off at the end of the day and boom, your lashes will begin to grow thick and stronger and longer. It's amazing. And so that's my little tip. It's super simple, super easy, um, but it will help with the lashes. So thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. Reading your comments and reviews always means so much to me. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say hey. It's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Thank you to each of you for your ongoing support. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Until next time, remember, you've got this and God's got you.